word for us today from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And uh, in this, I was reading along and I found several words that I want to kind of emphasize. And when I get these words, you can fill them in on the back side as well as we go along, where you can scribble on this little piece of paper if you don't feel comfortable writing in your Bible. Uh, some people feel awkward about that, but that's fine. Um, feel free to mark up this piece of paper. So, throughout this week, our children have been learning about God's Word, the Bible, but God began speaking on very first day of creation. God started speaking out. Things were made when God spoke. Everything that we see in this world was made because God spoke it into existence. But then God did something very unique. He, it's, he paused on day six, and he didn't speak you and I into existence, our great-great-great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. He got his hands dirty. He got down into the dirt, and he made us because we're very special to him. He also made a woman and took the rib out of the man and made us very uniquely above all of creation. And then he spoke into our world and spoke into our world a commandment, something that we were required to do and to, to obey. It was very important that we obey that one commandment, but our, Adam and Eve, our forefathers, didn't obey it, did they? They listened to an alternate word. They listened to another word speak to them. Well, as the world began to fall into sin, God had not uh, abandoned his people. He hadn't abandoned the world. And so he began over time telling us that someday a redeemer, someone would come that would save us from our sin. And as the world history went along, God spoke to specific people. In fact, he spoke to about 40 different people over 1,600 years to give us the scriptures that we have in our laps and maybe in our homes and hopefully with us to church. These Bibles speak to us about the coming day when a Messiah, a Redeemer, would come to save us from the curse of our sin. And so, one Bible author talks about it this way, and I hope you can see it. I can hardly see the back wall here this morning, but it says uh, in Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3, says, long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he spoke to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of God in the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And it's in these last days that God spoke to us with himself. He sent his only son into this world, as Debbie said, put on skin. And he talked with us. And then he died for us. And he did it at the exact right moment. And so this morning, I just was considering Romans chapter 5. And uh, in Romans chapter 5, on your handout here, verse 6 through 11, we read these words about the Word of God becoming a person at the right time for us. And let's just follow along as I read here. It says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. 
But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This verse starts out talking about how at the right time, at the right time, Jesus Christ was born into this world and for a purpose. This also talks about how we were when Jesus came at the right time. And there are four words that I want to just point out to you that pop out of this text that describes how we were when at the right time Jesus came. And the first of these is that we're weak. And maybe you can see that. I hope you can see that word out of the the verses there. Um, But that we're, we're weak. All of the descendants of Abraham, excuse me, of Adam and Eve were completely helpless. They were weak. They were simply unable to do anything about their genetic flaws and their spiritual flaws. There was nothing that they could do about it. They had a spiritual inability. My uncle has a dairy farm in Maine, and on the dairy farm in Maine, I learned about runts, okay? You can have a litter of cats, or you can have a litter of whatever, but inevitably, there's probably one little, little, little one that's not going to really make it. It's kind of, it's a failure to thrive, but what this word is telling us is that we were all like that runt. We were all weak. In fact, we all have that spiritual inability, and it's all likely that we're all going to die. In fact, we will die. And that is what this word weak means. The prognosis for us isn't good. In fact, there's another word here that goes a little bit more uh, deeper. It's the word ungodly, that we are ungodly. It's describing a people that have maybe a religious indifference don't we all know people who are religious and maybe they don't, they don't worship the God that we do? What is it, how can it be said that they could be religiously indifferent? Well, if there is one true and living God, any pursuit other than him is a godless pursuit. In fact, any attempt to stand on our own two feet is like standing on Sand, just as Debbie was talking about. We can live with a delusion that we're worshiping a God of our own making, and in the end, we're really just worshiping ourselves if we're not willing to go and follow what he has said. There's a third word here that I want us to see is the word sinners. Whether we know it or not, we have all transgressed the laws of the true and living God. And so, sinner here is a stronger word even than being ungodly because there's a moral problem. We've actually broken laws. And so, we're sinners. And there's a punishment that has to be made. And there's a fourth word here that I want you to see as well. It is enemies. Whether we realize it or not, this is probably one of the strongest words here, that if we have sinned, whether knowingly or unknowingly, We're actually in opposition to God, and we're enemies of him. 
We're enemies. See, our sin is not just a human weakness. It's actually a pervasive problem, and it sets us up in opposition to God. That's not very optimistic. That's not really positive thinking, really, when you think about it. But let me ask you, would you rather be told that you have cancer, or would you rather be told that maybe you've got a simple skin condition? What would you rather be told? You want to be told the truth, because it's with the truth that you can do something. And God is giving us his word for us today. When Christ came into the world, he told us that we are sinners and we are desperately in need of his salvation. And so, I often look at, think of it this way. I think of a kitten that's maybe stranded. A kitten that is sitting maybe in a creek bed and it's been out overnight several nights and it's sitting there. It's very pathetic. It's a pathetic looking kitten, but yet if I were to walk up to it and I tried to rescue it, you know what it might want to do instinctively? It might want to, especially if it wasn't used to people, it might want to scratch me. It might want to, to kind of fight me in my attempt to save it. And so I'm thinking of it in this way. With all these descriptions, we might get kind of our, our hackles up and we might think, we, we really don't want to be told this. But it's truth because we have to know what we are like in order to be saved from what we are to be what God wants us to be. So it's really important for us to understand that, that God showed his love for us. Even though we're kind of like that kitten, we're kind of stranded there, we're kind of helpless, we're kind of weak, Christ died for us so that we could be saved by his life. And that is what God wants to take us out of. I saw four words that are on the other side of the salvation that I think are important for us to see. It describes what being connected to Christ is like, and this is part of God's word for us today. The first word is the word reconciled, but it comes up a couple times in these, in this, these verses. Reconciled. Well, if we are enemies, we're away from God. What this word tells us is that we now can become connected to God. We're brought into fellowship with him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus takes uh, our sin and makes it possible for us to be reconciled to him. A second word here is the word justified. It means to be accepted, to be no longer estranged, to be put into a back into a right relationship. That, that sin that was there is removed, and we're declared righteous, we're declared accepted by God because of the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us on the cross. There's a third word here. It's the word rejoice, rejoicing in God. You know, when we were yet sinners, we didn't rejoice in God. We had really no interest in God. But when Christ comes into our life, it changes our world, and all of a sudden, we can't but help think about him, and we begin to rejoice in who he is, and it totally transforms us. A fourth word here that I want to share is the word saved. We're saved. It means to be delivered from a direct threat. Whether we realize it or not, our sin puts us in a very vulnerable position because one day God has to judge sin. His wrath falls on sin. But 
because of what Jesus did, we can be saved because when Jesus was on the cross, God's wrath was directed at his son, not those who believe. And that's an important thing for us to realize. Jesus bore God's wrath for us for all who repent of their sin and believe in what he has done for them. Now, I saw all of these words, but I, I saw a picture that came out of this that I, I hope can help us visualize this in summary. Of, this is God's word for us today. You take out all of those words, you just, just thinking about those words, and, and look at them in parallel. See, at the right time, Christ came. We were in a state of potential and real death, and because of what Christ has done, we deserve to be on that cross. He became a substitute for us, and so instead, we have all the benefits of his death, burial, and resurrection, and we can have life. We can have true life. And so, all of these things change. No longer are we weak, but we're saved. No longer are we ungodly, but we can rejoice in him. No longer are we sinners, but we can be accepted by him. No longer are we enemies, we're reconciled to him because of what Jesus Christ has done. So let's just take a moment in summary. This is God's word for us today. Let's just take a moment to read it together thinking of those various words. I'm going to put it back here together again. You can read along silently as I read it out loud. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God demonstrated, He showed His love for us, and that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received reconciliation." This is God's word for us today. It is the enduring word of God. This is the foundation. This is the rock by which you can then live your life. And so it behooves, it, 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 it's incumbent upon us to make sure that our life is grounded and resting on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without it, this world makes no sense. And with it, we inherit all of the blessings of Jesus Christ.